from everyone who comments, I would dare to say that 45% of people actually convert to an actual qualified lead. And from the messages themselves, like once we get that lead, it is actually converting, I think, 20% of all the leads into a customer. So it is actually an ad with a 6,000% ROI. Ooh, that's fucking fire. I know, and I'm not even kidding. 6,000%. $1,000 is our spent on ad spend, and it returns 60K on revenue. listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, we're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. We got your host in the building, Dylan Carpenter. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's doing swell today. Now, today we have a very special guest. It's a young lady I met, shit, maybe two years ago at the ManyChat conference, and she was one of the few people who would actually get up and talk and ask the questions everybody wanted to ask. And we ended up hitting it off. We've stayed connected for two years. She is now shoot killing it on the whole chatbot scene the many chat scene she's doing so many badass things she handles the gold gym advertising over there in the costa rica side of things and she's also the owner and founder of tbs marketing but she's also a great friend of mine and i'm pumped to have her on so i mean while the hype is real what do you say what's up hi hello everyone hi from tiny tiny not an island costa rica (laughs) (laughs) Um, and just so everybody has some context can you tell everybody where that is no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) right in the center of america the continent (laughs) you're in a good spot over there you're getting some good weather for the most part these days oh yeah the weather in costa rica is perfect right now we're just getting the little tail of hurricane or something i don't remember the name but it's like i'm in the beach right now um, which for everyone who thinks Costa Rica is all bitches, it takes me like six hours to get here. So now it's it's not all beaches. But we're in the beach right now with the hurricane tail. So it's like super drizzly and rainy and like windy. So it's perfect, like the perfect weather, like a 25 degrees. I what's the what's the conversion to the made up Fahrenheit units? <laughs> Maybe like 70 degrees. I don't even know. I wish everybody I know I don't either. <laughs> Yeah, like in, in normal scientific units, it's 25 degrees, so it's perfect with rain and like it's not too humid, so it's it's perfect. I love Oh, yeah, and even when we went to Costa Rica, I mean, I, we had a yeah. blast there. The Wi-Fi was good. The weather was good. I was like, man, I could like work here and live here very easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the food is also amazing, and you know the food is great. Oh, yes. So give everybody a little background of kind of who you are, kind of what you're getting into these days. Hmm. Okay, a little background. I am an industrial design engineer, which has nothing to do with marketing, but that was the path I decided to go. I wanted to be an engineer that had something to do with design. And I figured out at a very young age that I was really good at getting people's money. So I decided to go into marketing because that's where the money's at, you know, like taking money out of the people's wallets. And turns out I'm really good at that. And I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a career out of this. 
and I discovered uh, ManyChat because I was looking for a company who built a chatbot, who could build a chatbot for me. And they were charging like $4,000. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm an engineer. I can do this myself. I took to Google and I was like, hmm, two links. The first one we will not mention because it's the Voldemort of chatbots. <laughs> that company, which shall not be named. And I hated the interface. The UX UI was horrible. And then the second link was ManyChat back in the day before the Flow Builder. This is like 2017. And I started using it and I was like, you know what? This is really cool. This solves so many issues. And of course, my first chatbot was a hot mess. It only had like 5% conversion rate. Everyone hated it. Everyone went out of it. No click-throughs. And then I figured out a way to make it work. <laughs> oh, fun story. I was asking people if they were fat. So of course, no one replied. My and God. That was, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it was bad. Like, it was really bad. But then we changed it, and 95% of people started applying. It was, it was a learning moment. And that's how I got into this whole thing. And the first conversations where you and I met, that's where Brian Bagdasarian kind of took me under his wing. And he was like, you know what? You're good at what you do. And I was like, yay. And that's how TBS marketing began. Oh, yeah. And for some of y'all who don't know, Felice is the bot queen. I will 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Queen. I know you recently spoke at the mini chat event that was virtual, correct? Yes. I had two speaking gigs with the bots once and myself. Heck yeah. What were kind of your more or less topics over? Uh, so TBS was about, TBS's um, speak, speaking thing was about the Frank system. And the Frank system is just the strategy that we use over at the company to create um, high converting sales strategies. So at TBS, we use what we call interdepartmental marketing. In my experience and in my opinion, marketing is not one department. Everyone is marketing. What do I mean by this? You can have perfect graphics, you can have an amazing ad strategy, and you can have an amazing chatbot that if you are not integrating the sales department, the customer support department, even the production people, then you are missing the key elements to a good campaign because managers, they don't know shit. And that's the reality. They can be managing, but the ones who are talking to the, to the customers on a day-to-day -day basis are the sales agents, the people who are on the floor talking to customers. So we integrate every single department into a strategy that takes into account from the graphics that are going up to the funnel that is going to take place to even the way that the sales agents are going to be receiving the leads and talking to the leads, not just the bot, but the actual bot to human handoff and how the humans are going to handle the sales up to the reporting process. So it's a very integral strategy that handles everything. And I know it sounds like a lot, but once you have it in a system, it's a very simple flow to follow. Uh, so that was on TBS's, the Frank system. And then the Bod Blondes, uh, for those of us who do not know the Bod Blondes, we are a group of women, uh, Lauren Petrullo from the US, Angela Allen from Australia. And we formed this sort of female coalition of women in tech. The three of us are blondes. The three of us, I would dare to say, are attractive women. So we wanted to break the stigma of, of boobyful, blonde, pretty women being stupid because that's like the general cliche so the bot blunts it's all about empowering women in tech in their uh, entrepreneurship in their sexuality in their bodies in their brains like it doesn't matter what you look like if you're good at what you do embrace it own it and don't let anyone tell you otherwise 
So our session was actually called Three Blondes, One Business Plan, How to Turn $500 into a Six-Figure Marketing Agency. Ooh, hell yeah. And for those who don't know, if you're in the chatbot scene or many chat scene, these queens are killing it. So, I mean, it's make sure to tune in, watch the replays. They're throwing out value left and right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, man, heck yeah, this is going to be a juicy one. We haven't had many, you know, <laughs> chatbot individuals on, so this will be very different. I'm pumped. So, <laughs> as mentioned, we love to kind of dive into what's working good for you in this world, you know, in these crazy times. So, I mean, what's your rich ad? My rich ad is actually a funny one because it starts off by saying, unbelievable. Part two, the fun part is there is no part one. And it dives into a story of, so this is an ad for a mattress repair company called the Dream Workshop. So they do repairs of mattresses because in Costa Rica, over 200,000 200, mattresses get thrown out each year and there is no company that repairs them. So of course they sell new mattresses and they sell other like bedding products, but the main goal is to repair instead of changing. And this lady came in with a mattress. She told us this other company had repaired it for her. And when we opened it up, uh, it actually had components from old mattresses. Her bed was repaired with old components from other people's beds, which is gross. gross. Yeah. I know. And the thing, the, the way that Dream Workshop does it, uh, the owner has been in the mattress industry for over 30 years. His family has been in it for 120 years. So everything gets brought in from Europe and the U.S. And like the best supplier there is for spring units and for foams and for fabrics, that's what the Dream Workshop purchases. So, of course, it's it's not a, a let's say, a workshop kind of thing. It's more like a very industrial high-end repair. So we were just so disgusted when we opened up that bed and it was like full of old used materials. And she was beyond herself. Like she started crying and yelling and everything. So we asked her permission, like, would you allow us to share that story? Because the best ads are the ones that engage people in a story, a real life event, right? So, and it's even better if it's triggering, if it promotes something in the, the negative way of emotions, then you're winning in an ad. That can be anger, that can be sadness, but whatever triggers an intense emotional response those are going to be your best ads. So we shared that and it said, unbelievable, part two. Can you believe that again, we got another customer whose bed was repaired and blah, blah, blah. And we told the whole story. It was like a very long copy actually. And that one has, I think it has generated over 4,000 messages over three months, plus over 2,000 comments that have converted to messages via the common growth tool on, on ManyChat. So that would be my rich ad, like just a story about something horrible that happened to a client that we were able to fix and triggered an emotional response in everyone who saw it because of the headline, like unbelievable part two, everyone's like, oh my God, I want to know about the continuation of this. So that got everyone super engaged. It's a highly converting ad. Um, From everyone who comments, I would dare to say that 45% of people actually convert to an actual qualified lead. And from the messages themselves, like once we get that lead, it is actually converting, I think 20% of all the leads into a customer. So it is actually an ad with a 6,000% ROI. Ooh, that's fucking fire. 
I know, and I'm not even kidding, 6,000%. $1,000 is our spend on ad spend, and it returns 60K on revenue. Wow. Now, when it comes to the long copy versus short copy styles, were you worried that individuals wouldn't kind of retain the whole, you know, lengthy copy there? Or is that something you were looking to test? Or does long copy kind of on the storytelling, you know, format work really well still? I think long copy is actually something that Facebook itself is promoting because they no longer want huge text on the images, right? So when you're telling a story and it's a triggering story, a long copy, it's, it doesn't have to be huge. I mean, you don't have to like write Don Quixote with an 800 story, um, 800 page story for it to work. But just like a three very rich paragraphs kind of copy with emojis, with uh, bolds, with strike throughs and underlines in a very like organized fashion, that is going to get people engaged, especially with a triggering headline such as Unbelievable Part 2. Everyone wants to know what it is about because they see a, a frame or a picture or a graphic they don't understand what the hell is going on with an unbelievable part two and a very angry face emoji, and they read through the entire thing. Wow. So go ahead and break this down for us. So I think that was fun. Like when you're trying to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Dime, dime. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, when it comes from start to finish, so you have the common growth tool, I'm sure the, you know, the Jason opt-in, what happens after mm-hmm. somebody engages, goes through to purchase? How many moving parts are in the back end and how much is actually automated there? Okay, so in the Frank system, the first part is, of course, the F for funnel. So our funnel has three entry points for every single ad strategy. So the first entry point could be the comments. Second entry point is going to be a JSON message. And the third entry point is going to be either a rev URL or the click to send message button, the normal send message button on Facebook. So you have three entry points. That's automated. Uh, and now with ManyChat, you can actually um, comment back on the comment and like the comment automatically. So it is improving response rates because you comment automatically like, hey, thank you. We just sent you a private inbox for chatting or whatever. And people go immediately into their inbox to check it out. So those three go into a chatbot that gives them the basic information on the service. Then there is an automation, again, within it that triggers a response as if one of the sales agents was talking to the person. So in the case of the Dream Workshop, they have two sales agents, so it is done via a randomizer. When you go in, let's say Dylan is going into the Dream Workshop right It is going to go first through a flow that assigns a sales agent to you via a 50-50 randomizer. So let's say you go into Mario's list, right? So Mario now gets um, a notification on his Monday because, yes, we have our ManyChat linked to the Monday project manager via Zapier. So on his Monday, it tells him, hey, Mario, Dylan Carpenter just went into the chatbot. So he goes in and there is already a message that the bot sent to you saying, hey, Dylan, my name is Mario. I'm going to be your sleep advisor today. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're experiencing so I can help you out? You don't know it's a bot. It's a person that is actually going to be taking care of you, right? So he didn't have to type that by hand. It's automated. And then when he goes, he just reads your response. And you're like, hey, Mario, so I'm having this and this and this and this issue. So now he types, oh, okay, great. I think this is a little bit more complicated than we initially thought. Could you please give me your phone number so we can talk? Basically, everyone gives them their phone number. At least 80% of people gives them their phone number. 
he calls them. Of course, this is all manual now. He calls them, he talks to them, and he closes the deal. So those initial steps are all automated via ManyChat and Monday with Zapier. And then it's all bought to human handoff, which is also strategized in a step-by-step session. Man, so are these typically one-call closes? Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's freaking killer there. Man. Yeah, that's super interesting. I didn't realize they ended up having something new where you can actually go in, reply to a comments immediately, and even like it. I think that's. I told you to go to conversations. I told you to get the ticket, and you wouldn't. <laughs> so this is on you. <laughs> yeah, man, they're evolving quick. I mean, I was we. I jumped on that shiny object syndrome train so fast and loved it, and then just slowly rolled out of it. But yeah, it sounds like they're continuously <laughs> pumping out some new stuff. I'm actually gonna try that now. I think. They're actually, they're launching new features every week now. Damn. Every single week, yeah, because they, they launched, um, um, I found, how is this called? A feature request portal. So now everyone can go in and do the feature request and people vote on them. So they analyze if they can do them or not and they start rolling them out. So there's basically a new, um, a new thing, a new shiny object every week now, which is really cool. That is, that's, that's a fun platform to work with then. Their community is mm-hmm. epic. Oh, yeah, it is. The community is absurdly good. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out Ad Card. See, the typical agency model is this you charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Well, did he say we've already spoken about your 6,000% ROI? Let's go ahead and move to the not so pretty side of things. And let's dive into this poor ad side where it could have been something you thought would work really well that may have backfired, crashed and burned, however you want to call it. So what's your poor ad in this scenario? The poor ad is actually the same story, but with graphics instead of a picture. (laughs) So we thought that it was going to be a cool story to do with design. So the agency has... um, we do design as well. Like we don't, we're not just chatbots for me. Chatbots are just a part of the strategy, but not the main component. So my designers, they actually did this beautiful graphic of a before and after for a mattress repair. And we're like, Oh, people are going to, and people hate it. For example, the, the unbelievable part too has, I think a 30 cent um, cost per message. And this one was going up to like five or six dollars. So people oh, were wow. not liking it. Yeah. So we're now avoiding at all costs graphics, like very intense 
graphics, like beautifully designed ads are just not converting well anymore, which is sad because I am an industrial design engineer. So, you know, I love design. I love good design. But um, I think my theory, my thesis on this is that social media has become over the past few years so cold, so distant. People no longer want to see overly designed, cold agency-like posts. They hate them. If you do that, it's great for engagement, like on your regular Facebook posts as an organic post, yay. But don't turn that into an ad because it's not going to convert. People like stories. People like to feel taken care of. People like to read something that they can actually dive into and invest their emotions on. A very cool graphic with a before and after is not something that's going to make me invest any emotions. I'm going to be like, oh, wow, oh, oh shit. But it's not going to be it's not going to trigger an emotional response. So my poor ad would be when I tried to tell the freaking story about the unbelievable thing of her getting her mattress repaired in a horrible way with designed graphics. Man, that's interesting. I mean, it goes to show sometimes not the prettiest creative always works, but I mean, how many different images or graphics were you kind of testing with that to kind of really gauge what works? Was it just those kind of two variations or were you all kind of testing quite a few different angles there? Oh, no, just the two. Just the graphic one and the photo one, and the photo one went boom. Man, and from y'all's testing side of things, where when did you get to a point where you're like, we're going to kill this, it just is not working anymore? Oh, after three days. <laughs> Literally after three days, because the, the one that was just a picture had over 300 messages in three days, and then the other one had five. So I was like, <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> oh, man, that's wild. Hey, go to yeah. show, test, 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 and hey, take random yeah, pictures. It, it, <laughs> it, exactly, and it did start repeating itself, because then we had another situation with a before and after for a washing service. Because, you know, a lot of companies offer to wash went viral. And then the other one with the graphics, and it, it was so cute because it had like little gnomes cleaning the bed on the shiny part. And then it was like with, with trucks and stuff, the dirty part, nobody liked it. <laughs> and I thought it was so cute because it, it, really, it went really well with the brand's tone of voice and the brand's personality because they try to be a very playful, very emotional and very friendly company. Uh, they have like a very intense personality and everyone loves the company's personality. So I was like, oh, this is so on brand and people hated it. My gosh. Well, this mm -hmm. is pretty freaking interesting here. So we're going to go ahead and do a 180. As you know, with the podcast being called Rich Ad, Poor Ad, very similar to a book, we love to kind of find the crossroads of marketing and the financial side of things. So what kind of financial... Well, can you give based on your expertise that could be valuable to the audience there? Uh, with this question, I think I'm going to be talking to Latino agency owners or people in countries that experience the same issue about the owners of the companies not being educated in terms of social media. We are talking about a generation, and I mean boomers and Gen Y. Are our parents Gen Y? shit i don't even know to be honest like <laughs> yeah i don't either let's say like 50 plus people from 50 plus they did not grow up with social media they are the kind of humans who still think that putting money on a newspaper is going to work and uh it's very difficult to get them to spend money on social media so my tip would be to be very blunt with your clients like 
letting them know that not spending money means not being visible. Because right now it's a pay to win, literally a pay to win. It's like your odd, the odds are against you in terms of going viral without any ad spend. It's going to be less than 1% of the companies that manage to do that. So it's very, very hard for you to just say like, oh, I'm going to design a killer strategy that is going to get you tons of sales with no ad spend. No, that's so my clients like, okay, we can go route A or route B. Route A is you don't spend anything. I just charge a very minimum fee for the graphics that I put on your social media. And you'll see what you do with that because not putting any ad spend into this is not going to get you anywhere. Or route B, we start with small ad spend, let's say $20, then move up to $50, then move right to $80 while you find the perfect formula because not every client, not every niche is going to have the same ad formula, right? And by formula, I mean the copy, the tone of voice, the sorts of graphics or pictures that you upload, like which strategy is going to work the best. So for example, for Gold's Gym, the best strategy that we have found is offering the, the free trial. And just being like, you can download this coupon with Walletly right away and you just show to the gym and this is your free trial. Of course, there's like a lot of automations there that remind you to go, blah, 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 blah. But that is the one that we found converts the best. So once you find that one functioning funnel, one that, that, that amazing magical strategy, then you tell them, okay, you have seen this works. Uh, let's say this one, for example, the gym one, the, the Gold's gym one, it actually returned 11,000%. So once you show them that, you can be like, okay. And I know it sounds super clickbaity, but it is actually on a blog. Like it's a true number. Like it actually did return 11,000%. So once you get results like that, you can tell them like, okay, so we're going to be investing $1,000 on this because you know it's going to return, you know it works. And once they start seeing the return on that investment, they start being more lenient about spending money because we need to educate our clients on the fact that the world has changed. Social media is a pay-to-play and pay-to-win sort of option. And it's not a thing that you're going to accomplish just by saying this is the way to go. No, you need to be doing it. And um, I, what's the word in English? Wait. You have to go little by little. Like you, you can't just make them spend $5,000 up front. Like you have to start with a $20 strategy, an $80 strategy, a $300 strategy and go up from there until they're comfortable enough that what they're spending is actually getting them something back. That makes complete sense. And I think a big thing here to realize too is, I mean, ads are probably a lot cheaper over there. So, I mean, with that shoot 20 or 60 bucks a day, it probably goes a lot farther than it would in the US side of things, which hence how you mentioned, you know, for the more Latin America side of things. I mm, wouldn't know. <laughs> I haven't done ads in the US, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think CPMs are like, shoot, 18 to 20 bucks on average. I'm kind of curious what they are over in Costa Rica. What? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So oh, no. Or more. Oh, no. No, no, no. Here's like $2. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the dollar goes a lot farther over there. So, I mean, with those budgets, it makes complete sense to have a proof of concept and then kind of scale up once you kind of see that proof of concept, just because. They may not be as educated on the digital marketing scene of what it can really do there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And I, I have seen a lot of agencies that are not even using the the audience thing on their ads manager where you can input the CSV of previous customers so it can do the lookalike. Because I have seen a lot of agencies being like, oh, this is not returning anything. We're getting like very, very unqualified leads. And you're like, okay, so how are you how are you getting 
people and they're like, oh, I just click the boost button, which is already cancer all by itself. But then they tell you like, oh, we go through through segments and we click like only people from 18 to 35 who really like video games. And you're like, don't you have a client list? Yeah. Why, why are you using <laughs> the segments on the Facebook ads manager if you already have a list of 5,000 people who have purchased your product? <laughs> like the audience is right there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount of agencies that say they're agencies that just don't even know a lot of things is just unreal these days. Everybody and their mama has an agency, I feel like. I know. <laughs> well, today's yeah, a... Guys, a tip for everyone who's listening. If you are not using your audience tab and if you're not importing your CSV files from your clients' customers, you're losing a lot of money. A lot of money. Hey, you heard it from the best over there. Import them customer list, y'all. Yes. <laughs> what did he say? This has been super value-packed and awesome here. So, I mean, give everybody an idea. You know, how can we support you? Any fun projects in the works? And how can people get in touch with you? Oof, tons of fun projects, actually, but not anything I'm allowed to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> exactly. But, okay, um, don't find me on Facebook because I'm never on there. I know, I know I'm a Facebook marketer, but the way to reach me is on Instagram at Trilsejiron. I'm the only one you're going to find because I'm always there. It's the one I have on all of my devices and it's the one I use to help people out. And when they have questions or when they want to run a strategy by me, you, you can just send me an audio there or a text message and I will be there to help. Um, you can find TBS Marketing at TBS Marketing CR or TBS.Marketing. You can find and follow the bot blondes if you're a woman and you are in STEM. I think you'll, you'll really like the bot blondes. We like to create a community of female, badass entrepreneurs and just like smart people. We love smart women. And I think those would be the best ways to reach me. Hell to the, yeah. We all heard it from the bot queen herself, Trisa. Thank you so much for jumping on. That was a blast. Yeah, thank you. I always love going on podcasts with friends. Hell yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funneldash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ed book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoored.com to leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.